nice, everything. Lovely. I think it's great, you know, positive energy, tolerance, uh, compassion, all that's great. They uplift the city and they uplift everybody. Full of life, the colors, the people, it's amazing, it's magnificent. It gets you in a special mood that you want to relax, meditate, calm down. Especially in this city, we need this. I see a lot of happy people that seem to care about something important, but I don't really know much about what, they're, what it's all about. I just know that it's uh, some kind of a peaceful movement where they do a lot of uh, prayer and meditation. And I know they've been looking for uh, freedom to be able to practice their beliefs. This is Manhattan. Since 1999, many Falun Dafa practitioners and supporters from around the world gather annually to celebrate World Falun Dafa Day. Falun Dafa, also called Falun Gong, is a meditation discipline that has brought peace, harmony, and health to many. From their smiling faces, it's hard to imagine what a lot of them have endured in China for insisting on their belief despite persecution. They spent years behind bars, being tortured and losing everything. In this special edition of Legends Unfolding, bring you into a gathering of Falun Dafa practitioners in New York and get to know some of their personal stories. Square, we met Ms. Wang Dafang, a former journalist at a state-run media outlet in China. Her relationship with Falun Gong started in April 1999, three months before the crackdown on the group began. At that time, she heard rumors that a persecution would soon begin. At that time, I felt that a crackdown on Falun Gong was impossible because its positive health effects were well known in China. It was recognized by the government and media. I called my colleague in Beijing and asked him if the rumor was true. He said yes and told me that some colleagues had been told to investigate and collect negative information on Falun Gong. I thought, oh, it looks like another political movement is about to begin. You didn't practice then? No, I did not. I know it's very good because my parents were practicing Falun Gong. Many of Da Fang's family members practiced Falun Gong. However, she did not practice due to her busy work schedule. As rumors about the persecution increased, she began to worry about their safety. One day, she went to a morning practice site with her family. She witnessed an unexpected scene. The square was quiet. I saw two or three water tankers at the edge of the square, like those used for landscaping. 
Everyone was meditating, and I was standing behind them watching. Suddenly, I heard the engine of the water tanker start. People stood on top of the tankers, holding thick hoses, and yelled that they were going to spray the square. Then, they started to spray directly onto the meditating practitioners. So they sprayed at the people instead of the ground. Indeed, I was very surprised, because they deliberately aimed the water at these practitioners. I was shocked. How could this happen? This kind of group practice was common in China. Before the persecution, almost every Chinese person knew someone who practiced Falun Gong. Every morning before work, the practitioners would go to parks to practice five sets of gentle exercises. They also tried to improve their morality by following the teachings of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance in their daily lives. According to the Chinese government, over 70 million people practiced Falun Gong, more than the number of Chinese Communist Party members. This widespread popularity and the Chinese traditional values it embodied caused panic in the regime, which follows Marxism and atheism. In 1996, Falun Gong's main book, Zhuan Falun, was banned. In 1997 and 98, Luo Gan, then secretary of the Central Political and Law Committee, ordered the public security forces to investigate Falun Gong, but found nothing that could be used as an excuse for a crackdown. From the beginning of 1999, many Falun Gong practice sites throughout the country started to experience harassment from public security agents. What Dafang witnessed was a typical scenario before the launch of a large political movement. I felt bad. My sense of justice made me want to help them. I felt like I should be one of them. I ran over and sat down next to them in the front row. The pressure of the water column was intense. I couldn't open my eyes and breathing became difficult. I was very angry. As the water sprayed down, I heard some female practitioners near me weeping and murmuring. Why are they doing this to us? But everyone was calm and stayed sitting. Gradually, as the water continued to rain down, even though I was very cold, my heart seemed to open up and awaken. I thought, why is the government doing this to these good people? I have to support them. I want to stand with them. That was how Da Fang started to practice Falun Gong. Three months later, the persecution began nationwide. Dafang's family went to appeal for Falun Gong many times and were repeatedly arrested. Her younger sister, Fei, was tortured to death in a labor camp. Her older brother was sentenced to 13 years in prison, where he suffered constant torture. 
My sister was a senior staff member at a bank. She was a very kind and beautiful person. She was tortured to death in the labor camp. My brother is a well-respected engineer. His designs and patents are well-recognized. Were you angry or sad or scared? How were you feeling? My feelings were complex because I followed truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance and cultivated myself. I did not feel rage. I was in shock. How could the Chinese Communist regime treat good people like this and persecute them? I could not understand it. Dafang's story is just one example of the suffering experienced by thousands in China. Outside of China, many people have started to practice Falun Gong out of an interest for Chinese traditional culture and have used different ways to help stop the persecution. I'm from Belgium. And I'm from Iran, but I live in Dubai. Sweden. Sweden. Yes. And we come to be part of the activities that tells the world about how Falun Dafa is great. I had to give birth. My whole body hurt. I was constantly seeking traditional Chinese doctors, massage, and acupuncture. Sometimes it got better, sometimes it didn't. However, on the fifth day of attending the Falun Gong seminars, all my pain just disappeared. And, uh, you know, following the three principles, truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, it gets challenging, especially in this world where there's lots of chaotic things happening, but uh, these values really add a lot of things to your life and makes you really stand out. Uh, this is the way to... Uh to find the inner peace, uh, I think. I think this is something that many people are uh, searching for these days. We are going to walk in this parade, and I think that we can reach many people with our information about the persecution and what is Falun Gong, and also show that it's so many people around the world who practice Falun Gong. along 42nd Street, the Falun Gong practitioners parade crossed Manhattan from east to west. After the parade, the production team arrived at Times Square. 
There, our reporter met with Vasilios Supanidis, an entrepreneur born in Greece who immigrated to Sweden. Ever since 1998, his life and career have been closely linked to Falun Gong. As a child, let's say I was not even a teenager, right? And I was very interested in martial arts. So back in those days, I thought, you know, every Chinese person knows Kung Fu, right? So, so I just went up to our Chinese restaurant. We had a Chinese restaurant where I lived in Sweden, a very small town. So I went there, I thought, I'll ask, uh, got to be some Chinese people there. I can ask them to teach me martial arts. <laughs> so Did when I went him? there, yeah, I went there. So I saw a Chinese, the chef, he was standing outside of the uh, restaurant smoking. Oh. So I went there to him and so I said, hey, can you teach me uh, Kung Fu? He said, yeah. So, so, yeah, it. so he just uh, put away a cigarette. He said, you just do like this. You just kick like this. So he showed me a kick, you know. What kind so, of kick? Can you do just, it? Just straight ahead like this. Yeah, straight like... up. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. So uh, I went home and I started practicing. <laughs> In the 90s, Falun Gong spread to Sweden attracting many who loved Eastern culture. In 1998, Vasilios found the Falun Gong books online and began to practice. After practicing for maybe not even a month, I, I noticed that actually my allergical problems went away and I also had back pain and other symptoms, you know, because of stress with my stomach and those kind of things, and they all went away. So then, of course, I thought, wow, this is something great, you know. So this is how I continued the practice. And I became calmer than I was before and not so much stressed. So, um, and actually now even my wife has seen changes in me. So that means uh, they helped me a lot. Yeah. yeah. So you had one year peaceful practice until yeah. 1999. Tell me yeah. what was it like? for you in 1999? Yeah, well, at that time, I was actually doing my military service in Greece. So there I, uh, you know, I accessed the internet. So I saw that uh, Falun Gong had been banned by Jiang Zemin in China. So, well, I thought, you know, this is crazy. I know Falun Gong is very good because I practice it, right? So uh, immediately I started telling my, uh, you know, my fellow uh, soldiers. Yeah, soldiers that, you know, about Falun Gong and about, uh, you know, it's being banned in China and those kind of things. And then me and my wife, we, we, you know, we started talking, how can we make more people know about uh, what's happening in China? After finishing his military service in Greece, Vasilios returned to Sweden to work in a telecommunications company. In his spare time, he sent emails to China attempting to expose the lies spread by the Chinese government to incite hatred against Falun Gong. However, China's internet censorship made sending these messages very difficult. One day, he suddenly had an idea. If he had his own telecommunications company, he would be able to use large numbers of phone lines to break through the information blockade. With that thought, Vasilios started his own company. After work hours, the company's 15 phone lines would all be used to send fax messages to China, exposing the persecution of Falun Gong. Because we thought that uh, what's needed actually is the free flow of information, right? To stop the atrocities, what's going on in China. 
And we thought that the, the best way to do that was to inform the Chinese themselves about what's actually happening. I remember during the, the vacation, we faxed around the clock. So then our operator, they called me in August and said, hey, we think you have been, your modems have been hijacked. I said, why do you think that? He said, because you have 152,000 phone calls to China in July. In July? Yeah, so that was the faxes we were sending. In one month. Yeah, yeah. In 2011, Vasilios was named Business Pioneer of the Year, which is awarded by the Swedish king to only one entrepreneur with a foreign background each year very interesting that it said, you know, in, uh, in this why I received the award, it was also because my work for human rights. Yeah. So that was very nice so to receive. For your outstanding business. Yes, know, yes, and also for my also work for, uh, for human career. rights, yeah. And this is the same king that gives out the Nobel Prize, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's a Swedish wonderful. king, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a Chinese saying, you know, shan yo, shan bao, e yo, e bao, right? So I think I received this award actually because, you know, I did something good, so I received something good. I think this saying is, uh, you know, in all cultures, also in Sweden, yeah. So hello everybody, and my name is Anna Kokkonen, and I come from Finland. And uh, I started to practice Falun Dafa in 2006. It's almost nine years now, and uh, I think it's the best thing that has ever happened to me. Uh, I've become very healthy, both in my mind and in my body. And I've got a lot of inspiration from Falun Dafa, as I'm a singer-songwriter. And this song is dedicated to the victims of persecution in China. And I will now briefly tell you the meaning of the lyrics. Light up a new candle. Let the flames spread from heart to heart. Lights will shine behind the bars and wipe away the trail of tears.
Thank you very much. I hope the persecution will end soon. Kristall 